you got a cigar of your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow? I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. How's know? it feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. And, you know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he gonna show up and, and show out. Now, back to Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 106.3. It's a big Teddy takeover at Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29 here on Ken LaVica Live. The voice you just heard there, well, it was two voices after the AFC Championship at Arrowhead Stadium. That was Patrick Mahomes Sr. letting us know what was uh, in that cigar he was puffing on following the Chiefs' victory over the Bengals. And the man asking the questions was Aaron Ladd of 41 News out in Kansas City. And Aaron Ladd joins Ken LaVica Live right now. First off, Aaron, dog, how how much, how often are you asked about how Patrick Mahomes Sr. is and how different that is from what we get from Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, on a daily basis? Because it, it feels like the, the dichotomy of a man, you know? Like, what what are we getting here between father and son with the Mahomeses? My goodness, Theo. First and foremost, appreciate you having me on. This is uh, this is great. Seems like you're very comfortable out there. You, this is great. Look good, sound good, all that good appreciate stuff. Appreciate Aaron, we hate him. <laughs> all right, Aaron, we hate him. <laughs> they do hate me here, so I appreciate that vote of confidence. That'll give me some more points. Maybe next time I'm at the negotiation table, maybe a couple more commas. Thank you, Aaron Lett. Hey, the, the Pat Mahomes senior thing is funny. It's, it's grown a life of its own. I just got back from the parade, obviously, and it was it was a lot of Joe Burrow in the air. Let's just let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, you know, something was just recently legalized here in the Show Me State, so I think it was Joe mm. Burrow. If not Joe Burrow, it was, it was something else. But uh, no, Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes uh, Senior. There was a cool NFL films, of course. Inside the NFL does a great job with their mic'd up stuff. But I thought that was one of the coolest videos of, of them hugging right after the win. Um, out in out in Glendale and, and saying you different, you know the, the league hasn't seen anything like you. I haven't seen anything like you. Like this is when we talk about Pat Mahomes Senior. This is a professional athlete in his own right. Right. You know he doesn't obviously have the same success as his son has reached, but he knows what it takes to compete at that level and obviously to win at this level. And, and what we've seen from from the whole Mahomes family is it, it, before the age of thirty. I can't say anybody's seen that before. It is it is unprecedented. Now, Aaron, I got to ask you, you've obviously, that wasn't your first time talking to Pat Mahomes Sr. When did you realize the uh, the wealth of an interview that Pat Mahomes Sr. can be? Because I know when you came up to him after the AFC Conference uh, Championship game, you probably had a clue that it was going to likely go viral. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, the good part about being on the ground here is that you do start to form relationships. You know what that's like. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? When you're around the team, as much as you are asking questions, you know, they, they, they start to recognize you and recognize the face. So this was even my first time talking to Pat Mahomes Sr. You could tell that after the AFC title game, maybe he had a few more libations. It was comfortable. He, had, <laughs> maybe he was loose. He he was motivated by some of the chatter leading up to that week because if you remember, it was a lot of Burrowhead talk, and mm. since he had, was coming off three straight against Kansas City, um, you know, Eli Apple had, had spent a lot of time uh, on, on Twitter and saying things and that. So I, uh, Pat Mahomes Senior was not the only Chief that had some things to say after that win, and that translated to what happened after the Super Bowl too, with, with Juju getting on getting a, a Valentine's Day message. Come on, yeah, Aaron. I gotta ask you how you feel about the Juju thing. I got another question for you, but you know, you just hinted at Juju. Would you believe it if if Theo Dorsey got on our airwaves yesterday 
and just bashed Juju, said that he needs to mature. This guy needs to grow up. And he was dogging Juju. You feel the same way? Or did you like the tweet? I have to respectfully disagree with, with the overall take. Now, well, here's what I'll say. The, the tweet in itself, uh, and I said this on my platform as well, I have a Chiefs podcast that comes out every week. I, I, I just Shout said, out. What's hey, the name? Big, Give us the name of the Chiefs uh, podcast. Uh, Chiefs Coast to Coast, we're on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We just put out episode 45. Go check that. But just to give you a glimpse of that, I, I just said to the victor goes to spoils. You know, like the, the Chiefs had, whether they felt like they were in a rebuilding year or not, or, or the national media didn't give them enough respect, whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, what they did was extremely impressive. And, and one of the toughest uh, current modern era of, uh, of NFL, whatever you want to call it, they traded away one of the biggest superstars in the league, Tyreek had a career year down in Miami and still with the reinvention or reshaping or remolding, whatever you want to call it, that's not rebuilding Kansas city still found a way to, to win it all. And, and, and that was against a, a hell of a Philly team too. Like that's, 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 that was a hell of a game. That was one of the best Super Bowls. I think we, we, we've seen. Definitely. Yeah. One of the biggest, you know, pushbacks I had on the outcry of Juju's tweet was why are we holding any punches? Just imagine if the Philadelphia Eagles did beat this chiefs team. Like, Juju would have caught in 100 ricochets, 100 strays, and they would have bashed him in, in all their platforms. We know how bad Philly fans are. We're yeah. mad at this cat for giving him a taste of their own medicine. No shot here. No shot here. So love all that. Love all that, Aaron. I, and one thing I will push back on, Aaron, and maybe you can give me some here, is like, I feel like James Bradbury took accountability for it. He didn't act like a sore loser in the locker room. That was why I didn't like Juju plastering his face on it. Now, if he had teased the Philly fans and said something about them not being able to climb street lights or, you know, whatever, then I'm cool with it. But he went after the dude, James Bradbury, who, yes, committed the penalty, but then also owned up to it. It felt kind of low. Uh, we're acting like it was malicious intent, though. It, it was kind of harmless. It was a Valentine's Day low uh. meme the day before the parade. There there have been much, much worse things said. And I, I, I. We'll let it ride. Twitter. We'll yeah, let it ride. I don't. I don't put. I, I don't put a lot on Twitter. You, if you follow me on Twitter, you, you, <laughs> you know that people. People. Uh, We'll put a little too much stock in that, in my opinion. Aaron Ladd from Channel 41 News in Kansas City. Uh, Chiefs guy. Well, I won't say Chiefs guy. You cover the Chiefs out there in Missouri and Kansas. Can you first clear something up on the airwaves here? People like to knock me. I was born in Overland Park. All right? I'm a Kansas native, and I'm a Chiefs mm. fan. Can, can you let them know it's my birthright as a person who was born in Overland Park, lived in Kansas City, Kansas, my parents worked in Kansas City, Missouri. It's all the same thing, baby. Like, that's my hometown team. Ooh. You know, I, I don't think I'm at liberty to speak <laughs> on that. See, I, I, had to, I had to, when I first got into town, I had to get my card checked because that Missouri-Kansas state line uh, drama, they're legit about that. Yeah. You know, KCK has its own affiliations, and, and people who rock with that side and the Missouri side it, it has got its own thing. It's down to the barbecue it's down to the music. It's down to everything. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm from Atlanta originally. <laughs> Atlanta originally. <laughs> That's like somebody from Dunwoody talking about. Yo, I'm from. I'm from the A. I'm from the A, yeah. man. Look, y'all know how Amaretta feels about that, though. Yeah, yeah. We won't look. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. Aaron, I, I want to ask you now. Let's let's take it serious because today I, I saw a striking tweet from Ian Rappaport. And you know where I'm about to go with this one. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, past five years, interviewed for 16 different jobs, 15 different franchises. We know the whole backstory. 
How can this not at this point? Give me the argument against this being a thing about race with Eric B and me because I can't find any other excuse other than the fact that some of these NFL franchises don't feel comfortable hiring him because the goalposts keep getting moved. What, what is it with Eric Bieniemy, and why would he be taking this commander's job? Yeah, we're watching the goalposts being moved right now. He went from not being able to interview well, but, oh, it's the OC job, so he interviews just fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring him right on in. <laughs> And it's all—it's not for—it's not for a Chiefs-style offense either. Like, let's be honest with this—with what this Commanders' job really is. This is a fix-it job. This is a prove-it deal. If you want to compare it to what athletes have to take at certain times, I, uh, man, this is is disheartening to be honest with you. Because Eric Bieniemy has had to kind of be the poster boy for this problem, this problem that Brian Flores kind of was in this news cycle for. This time around last year, and he used Eric Bieniemy's name in that lawsuit mm. as a prime example of uh, you know other assistants getting jobs and getting second jobs before Eric Bieniemy gets a, even an interview. I don't know. I, I, I do think that uh, Andy Reid has tried his his darndest, and that's not just an Andy Reid thing; it's a Chiefs organization thing. Uh, Clark Hunt and, and some of the guys, the owners, going to bat for for Eric Bieniemy, maybe. And, and some people here in KC will say, oh, that's beneficial for them so that they can continue to turn over and whatever. But it still it still matters. When Andy Reid gets on the Super Bowl podium after the win and says Eric Bieniemy was the guy who was pulling the strings down the stretch uh, that helped us win this win this game, he means that. And, and we need to give that more credit than we do some fake news articles that get flubbed about him not being the, the main play caller. I, it just – the narrative at this point has overtaken – the facts. We yep. don't even know what the facts are. And maybe when he gets to, to Washington and cooks up something nice, then we can just, it's, it's undeniable. You know, you know what I'm saying? Aaron, we're in the industry of trying to get people answers. So, one, have you had conversations with Eric Bannamy? Do you know what his personality like? Do you think that's part of the problem here? That when he goes in these interviews, like, they don't deem him as a leader of men? Does he not have the quirky personality like a guy like Mike McDaniel does? Like, can he fit the mold of what we're looking for in today's day and age? Man, come on. I mean, are we still debating his resume at this point in time? Are we still asking? Why are we still having this conversation of can he lead men? The, the fact that we're even there is right. Is, is frustrating his very own. Yes, I've been around Eric Bieniemy, and um, I do believe he has a, a, a very, I mean, the NFL is very militaristic in nature just because of the organization and the shield and all that. And I believe he fits very well into that role as somebody who has been a player not only in the league, but who had come up and risen up through the coaching ranks, has now won multiple Super Bowls, he understands how to win. I mean, that's what this all comes down to, right? Do you need to have a quirky personality and be able to win the press conference? I don't know if that necessarily matters, Uh, especially without giving giving an opportunity. And we've seen coaches with far less resume given an opportunity and fail before this guy even gets a shot. So that's why we go back to race, right? It's got to be something. Somebody's got to give me an answer, and I think yours sums it up the best. Either it's race or it's like, I mean, what what, what, what does he have something on these guys that they don't want him to get out? I, I can't <laughs> get to the bottom of it, but it is frustrating. And as a Chiefs fan, I love him coming back to Kansas City year after year, but I would also love to him for him to get a, uh, a head coaching job somewhere in the NFL. Aaron, I got to ask you before we do uh, let you go here, the Chiefs offseason now – 
it looks brighter than ever. All of the draft picks, you got guys that you can bring back and like Juju and whatnot, some of those one-year guys. But also, I feel like there's going to be a lot of continuity with this team. And then all of the rookies that panned out during this playoff stretch, especially on the defensive side of the ball. What is the one area of emphasis that the Chiefs are going to attack here with the picks or maybe in free agency to shore up a team that's already the odds-on favorite to repeat as Super Bowl champions? Yeah, I think the one big question mark around the Chiefs entering this upcoming offseason is the same as it was last offseason, and that's the future of tackle Orlando Brown. What, what, is, what are you going to do with Patrick Mahomes' blind side? He wanted a new deal and an extension last year. We saw the dollar figures that he was asking for, and we saw a reported, uh, a reported offer from Kansas City, and those were two different places. So he ended up tagged, showed up late to camp. They ended up getting on the same page. And if I were to tell you that Orlando Brown bet on himself that last offseason, it, it paid off. Mm. They won. They won the Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, going up against one of the most ferocious D-lines of all time, uh, they allowed zero sacks as they showed on their parade shirts uh, just the other day down Grand here in Kansas City. So what, what do you do with Orlando Brown? Do you, do you transition tag and give him the 20% bump, which puts him about 20 mil per year? Um, do you just go ahead and give him the, give him the, the, the contract that he wants? I don't know. Kansas City... This is where it gets fun. Orlando Brown, Chris Jones is going to be another guy that wants to get paid. That, mm. that defensive line showed up when it mattered. Juju almost had a thousand yard season in his one year here. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. But if I had one thing, it, was, it would be OBJ. Before you go, you're a Southern guy, Kansas City barbecue. What's your thoughts? You've been there a couple of years now. Oh, man. If, if I have a favorite right now, it's Joe's, Oklahoma Joe's, now mm. Kansas City Joe's. But it, it, it's it's the true the true mark of a good barbecue town is that you have multiple good options. There I you like go. Thirty nine. I like Gates. Um, I like um, Slaps up in up in um, up in KC. So yeah, it, it, we've got a few good ones, and I put KC barbecue up there with Houston barbecue. There we go. That's what I need to know. I've had both, and you're right. It's it's on par. Aaron Ladd, thanks so much for your time, dog. Congrats. Continue the, the championship celebrations and whatever y'all move on to next after the Chiefs. And uh, we're looking forward to more Patrick Mahomes senior content, bro. Oh, it's the draft. You know the NFL draft in KC. Oh, it's in KC. That's right. You know what? I'm about to see what I can do about that. I'm about to see pull what up. I can do. And if I do, we'll, up, we'll get some barbecue. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Aaron Ladd, thanks for your time again, brother. Uh, Channel 41 News out of Kansas City. That was Aaron Ladd. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron Ladd Zero. Check out his podcast at Arrow Pride um, or Arrowhead Pride. Excuse me. He has a podcast with Arrowhead Pride as well. Great work out of Kansas City. You got a cigar of your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow. I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. Right, How's know. it feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he going to show up and, and show out. Now, back to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. It's a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29 here on Ken LaVica Live. The voice you just heard there, well, it was two voices after the AFC Championship at Arrowhead Stadium. That was Patrick Mahomes Sr. letting us know what was uh, in that cigar he was puffing on following the Chiefs' victory over the Bengals. And the man asking the questions was Aaron Ladd of 41 News out in Kansas City. And Aaron Ladd joins Ken LaVica Live right now. First off, Aaron, dog, how how much, how often are you asked about 
how Patrick Mahomes senior is and how different that is from what we get from Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, on a daily basis because it, it feels like the, the dichotomy of a man, you know, like what what are we getting here between father and son with the Mahomeses? My goodness, Theo, first and foremost, appreciate you having me on. This is uh this is great. Seems like you're very comfortable out there. You, you, this is great. Look good. Sound good. All that good appreciate stuff. Appreciate Aaron, we hate him. <laughs> all right, Aaron, we hate him. <laughs> they do hate me here, so I appreciate that vote of confidence. That'll give me some more points. Maybe next time I'm at the negotiation table, maybe a couple more commas. Thank you, Aaron Lett. Hey, the, the Pat Mahomes senior thing is funny. It's, it's grown a life of its own. I just got back from the parade, obviously, and it was, it was a lot of Joe Burrow in the air. Let's just, let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> You know, something was just recently legalized here in the Show Me State, so I think it was Joe mm. Burrow. If not Joe Burrow, it was, it was something else. But, uh, no, Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes uh, Sr., there was a cool NFL film. Of course, Inside the NFL does a great job with their mic'd up stuff. But I thought that was one of the coolest videos of, of them hugging right after the win um, out in out in Glendale and, and saying, you different. You know, the, the league hasn't seen anything like you. I haven't seen anything like you. Like, this is – when we talk about Pat Mahomes Sr., this is a professional athlete in his own right. Right. You know, he doesn't obviously have the same success as his son has reached, but he knows what it takes to compete at that level and obviously to win at this level. And, and what we've seen from from the whole Mahomes family is it, it, before the age of 30, I can't say anybody's seen that before. It is it is unprecedented. Now, Aaron, I got to ask you, you've obviously – that wasn't your first time talking to Pat Mahomes Sr. When did you realize the, uh, the wealth – of an interview that Pat Mahomes senior can be, because I know when you came up to him after the AFC conference uh, championship game, you probably had a clue that it was going to likely go viral. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, the good part about being on the ground here is that you do start to form relationships. You know what that's like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? When you're around the team, as much as you are asking questions, you know, they, they, they start to recognize you and recognize the face. So this was even my first time talking to Pat Mahomes senior. You could tell the, after the AFC title game, maybe he had a few more libations. It was comfortable. He, had, <laughs> maybe he was loose. He, he was motivated by some of the chatter leading up to that week. Because if you remember, it was a lot of Burrowhead talk. And mm. since he had, was coming off three straight against Kansas City, um, you know, Eli Apple had, had spent a lot of time uh, on, on Twitter and saying things and that. So I, uh, Pat Mahomes Sr. was not the only chief that had some things to say after that win. And, that translated to what happened after the Super Bowl too, with, with Juju getting a getting a, a Valentine's Day message. Come on, yeah, Aaron. I gotta ask you how you feel about the Juju thing. I got another question for you, but you know, you just hinted at Juju. Would you believe it if if Theo Dorsey got on our airwaves yesterday and just bashed Juju, said that he needs to mature, this guy needs to grow up, and he was dogging Juju? You feel the same way, or did you like the tweet? I have to respectfully disagree with, with the overall take. Now, well, here's what I'll say. The, the tweet in itself, uh, and I said this on my platform as well. I have a Chiefs podcast that comes out every week. I, I, I just Shout said, out. What's hey, the name? Big, Give us the name of the Chiefs uh, podcast. Uh, Chiefs Coast to Coast. We're on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We just put out episode 45. Go check that. But just to give you a glimpse of that, I, I just said to the victor goes to spoils. You know, like the, the Chiefs had, whether they felt like they were in a rebuilding year or not, or, or the national media didn't give them enough respect, whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, what they did was extremely impressive. And, and one of the toughest uh, current modern era of, uh, of NFL, whatever you want to call it, they traded away one of the biggest superstars in the league. Tyreek had a career year down in Miami. And still, with the reinvention, 
or reshaping or remolding, whatever you want to call it that's not rebuilding, Kansas City still found a way to, to win it all. And, and, and that was against a, a hell of a Philly team, too. Like that's, 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 that was a hell of a game. That was one of the best Super Bowls I think we, we, we've seen. Definitely. Yeah, one of the biggest you know, pushbacks I had on the outcry of Juju's tweet was, why are we holding any punches? Just imagine if the Philadelphia Eagles did beat this Chiefs team. Like, Juju would have caught in 100 ricochets, 100 strays, and they would have bashed him in, in all their platforms. We know how bad Philly fans are. We're yeah. mad at this cat for giving them a taste of their own medicine. No shot here. No shot here. So love all that. Love all that, Aaron. I, and one thing I will push back on, Aaron, and maybe you can give me some here, is like, I feel like James Bradbury took accountability for it. He didn't act like a sore loser in the locker room. That was why I didn't like Juju plastering his face on it. Now, if he had teased the Philly fans and said something about them not being able to climb street lights or, you know, whatever, then I'm cool with it. But he went after the dude, James Bradbury, who, yes, committed the penalty, but then also owned up to it. It felt kind of low. We're acting like it was malicious intent, though. It it was kind of harmless. It was a Valentine's Day low meme the day before the parade. There there have been much, much worse things said, and I, 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 we'll let it ride. Twitter. We'll yeah, let it I, ride. I don't, I don't put, I, I don't put a lot on Twitter. You, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you, you, you know that people, people, uh, people put a little too much stock in that, in my opinion. Aaron Ladd from Channel Forty One News in Kansas City, uh, Chiefs guy. Well, I won't say Chiefs guy. You cover the Chiefs out there in Missouri and Kansas. Can you first clear something up on the airwaves here? People like to knock me. I was born in Overland Park. All right, I'm a Kansas native and I'm a Chiefs mm. fan. Can, can you let them know it's my birthright as a person who was born in Overland Park, lived in Kansas City, Kansas. My parents worked in Kansas City, Missouri. It's all the same thing, baby. Like, that's my hometown team. Ooh. You know, I, I don't think I'm at liberty to speak <laughs> on that. See, I, I, had to, I had to, when I first got into town, I had to get my car checked because that Missouri-Kansas state line uh. drama, they're legit about that. Yeah. You know, KCK has its own affiliations and, and people who rock with that side and the Missouri side is, it has got its own thing. It's down to the barbecue. It's down to the music. It's down to everything. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm from Atlanta originally. <laughs> Atlanta originally. <laughs> That's like somebody from Dunwoody talking about, yo, I'm from, I'm from the A. I'm from the A, yeah. man. Look. Y'all know how Amaretta feels about that, though. Yeah. Yeah, we won't look. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. Aaron, I, I want to ask you now. Let's let's take it serious because today I, I saw a striking tweet from Ian Rappaport. You know where I'm about to go with this one. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, past five years, interviewed for 16 different jobs, 15 different franchises. We know the whole backstory. How can this not at this point give me the argument against this being a thing about race with Eric Bieniemy? Because I can't find any other excuse other than the fact that some of these NFL franchises don't feel comfortable hiring him because the goalposts keep getting moved. What, what is it with Eric Bieniemy, and why would he be taking this commander's job? Yeah, we're watching the goalposts be moved right now. He went from not being able to interview well, but, oh, it's the OC job, so he interviews just fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring him right on in. And it's, all, it's, not, for a, it's not for a Chiefs-style offense either. Like, let's be honest with this. With, what this commander's job really is. This is a fix-it job. This is a prove-it deal. If you want to compare it to what athletes have to take at certain times, uh, man, this is is disheartening, to be honest with you, because Eric Bieniemy has had to kind of be the poster boy for this problem, this problem that Brian Flores kind of was in this news cycle for. 
this time around last year, and he used Eric Bieniemy's name in that lawsuit mm. as a prime example of uh, you know other assistants getting jobs and getting second jobs before Eric Bieniemy gets a, even an interview. I don't know. I, I, I do think that uh, Andy Reid has tried his his darndest, and that's not just an Andy Reid thing; it's a Chiefs organization thing. Uh, Clark Hunt and, and some of the guys, the owners, going to bat for for Eric Bieniemy, maybe. And, and some people here in KC will say, oh, that's beneficial for them so that they can continue to turn over and whatever, but it still it still matters. When Andy Reid gets on the Super Bowl podium after the win and says Eric Bieniemy was the guy who was pulling the strings down the stretch uh, that helped us win this win this game, he means that. And, and we need to give that more credit than we do some fake news articles that get flubbed about him not being the, the main play caller. I, it just The narrative at this point has overtaken – the facts. We yeah. don't even know what the facts are. And maybe when he gets to, to Washington and cooks up something nice, then we can just, it's, it's undeniable. You know, you know what I'm saying? Aaron, we're in the industry of trying to get people answers. So, one, have you had conversations with Eric Bannamy? Do you know what his personality like? Do you think that's part of the problem here? That when he goes in these interviews, like, they don't deem him as a leader of men? Does he not have the quirky personality like a guy like Mike McDaniel does? Like, can he fit the mold of what we're looking for in today's day and age? Man, come on. I mean, are we still debating his resume at this point in time? Are we still asking? Why are we still having this conversation of can he lead men? The, the fact that we're even there is right. Is, is frustrating his very own. Yes, I've been around Eric Bieniemy, and um, I do believe he has a, a, a very, I mean, the NFL is very militaristic in nature just because of the organization and the shield and all that. And I believe he fits very well into that role as somebody who has been a player not only in the league, but who had come up and risen up through the coaching ranks, has now won multiple Super Bowls. He understands how to win. I mean, that's what this all comes down to, right? Do you need to have a quirky personality and be able to win the press conference? I don't know if that necessarily matters, Uh, especially without giving giving an opportunity. And we've seen coaches with far less resume given an opportunity and fail before this guy even gets a shot. So that's why we go back to race, right? It's got to be something. Somebody's got to give me an answer, and I think yours sums it up the best. Either it's race or it's like, I mean, what what, what, what does he have something on these guys that they don't want him to get out? I, I can't <laughs> get to the bottom of it, but it is frustrating. And as a Chiefs fan, I love him coming back to Kansas City year after year, but I would also love to him for him to get a, uh, a head coaching job somewhere in the NFL. Aaron, I got to ask you before we do uh, let you go here, the Chiefs offseason now – it looks brighter than ever. All of the draft picks, you got guys that you can bring back and like Juju and whatnot, some of those one-year guys. But also, I feel like there's going to be a lot of continuity with this team. And then all of the rookies that panned out during this playoff stretch, especially on the defensive side of the ball. What is the one area of emphasis that the Chiefs are going to attack here with the picks or maybe in free agency to sure up a team that's already the odds-on favorite to repeat as Super Bowl champions? Yeah, I think the one big question mark around the Chiefs entering this upcoming offseason is the same as it was last offseason, and that's the future of tackle Orlando Brown. What, what, is, what are you going to do with Patrick Mahomes' blind side? He wanted a new deal and extension last year. We saw the dollar figures that he was asking for, and we saw a reported, uh, a reported offer from Kansas City, and those are two different places. So he ended up tagged, showed up late to camp. They ended up getting on the same page. 
And if I were to tell you that Orlando Brown bet on himself that last offseason, it, it paid off. Mm. They won. They won the Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, going up against one of the most ferocious D-lines of all time, uh, they allowed zero sacks as they showed on their parade shirts uh, just the other day down Grand here in Kansas City. So what, what do you do with Orlando Brown? Do you, do you transition tag and give him the 20% bump, which puts him about 20 mil per year? Um, do you just go ahead and give him the give him the, the, the contract that he wants? I don't know. Kansas City, this is where it gets fun. Or, Orlando Brown, Chris Jones is going to be another guy that wants to get paid. That, mm. that defensive line showed up when it mattered. Juju almost had a 1,000-yard season in his one year here. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to watch. But if I had one thing, it, was, it would be OBJ. Before you go, you're a Southern guy, Kansas City barbecue. What's your thoughts? You've been there a couple of years now. Oh, man. If, if I have a favorite right now, it's Joe's, Oklahoma Joe's, now mm. Kansas City Joe's. But it, it, it's, it, it's the, true, tr- the true mark of a good barbecue town is that you have multiple good options. There you I like go. 39. I like Gates. Um, I like um, slaps up in up in um, up in KC. So yeah, it, it, we've got a few good ones, and I put KC barbecue up there with Houston barbecue. There we go. That's what I need to know. I've had both, and you're right. It's it's on par. Aaron Ladd, thanks so much for your time, dog. Congrats. Continue the the championship celebrations and whatever y'all move on to next after the Chiefs. And uh, we're looking forward to more Patrick Mahomes senior content, bro. Oh, it's the draft. You know the NFL draft in KC. Oh, it's in KC. That's right. You know what? what? I'm about to see what I can do about that. I'm about to see what I can do. And if I do, we'll get some barbecue. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Aaron Ladd, thanks for your time again, brother. Uh, Channel 41 News out of Kansas City. That was Aaron Ladd. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron Ladd Zero. Check out his podcast at Arrow Pride um, or Arrowhead Pride. Excuse me. He has a podcast with Arrowhead Pride as well. Great work out of Kansas City. You got a cigar on your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow? I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. How's it feel to be headed back to the Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and, and show out. Now, back to Ken LaVecca Live on ESPN 1063. It's a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29 here on Ken LaVecca Live. The voice you just heard there, well, it was two voices after the AFC Championship at Arrowhead Stadium. That was Patrick Mahomes Sr. letting us know what was uh, in that cigar he was puffing on following the Chiefs' victory over the Bengals. And the man asking the questions was Aaron Ladd of 41 News out in Kansas City. And Aaron Ladd joins Ken Levick alive right now. First off, Aaron, dog, how, how much, how often are you asked about how Patrick Mahomes senior is and how different that is from what we get from Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, on a daily basis because it, it feels like the, the dichotomy of a man, you know, like what what are we getting here between father and son with the Mahomeses? My goodness, Theo, first and foremost, appreciate you having me on. This is uh this is great. Seems like you're very comfortable out there. You, this is great. Look good, sound good, all that good appreciate stuff. Appreciate Aaron, we hate him. <laughs> all right, Aaron, we hate him. <laughs> they do hate me here, so I appreciate that vote of confidence. That'll give me some more points. Maybe next time I'm at the negotiation table, maybe a couple more commas. Thank you, Aaron Lett. Hey, the, the Pat Mahomes senior thing is funny. It's, it's grown a life of its own. I just got back from the parade, obviously, and it was, it was a lot of Joe Burrow in the air. Let's just, let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, you know, something was just recently legalized here in the Show Me State, so I think it was Joe mm. Burrow. If not Joe Burrow, it was, it was something else. But uh, 
No, Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes uh, Sr., there was a cool NFL films, of course, inside the NFL does a great job with their mic'd up stuff. But I thought that was one of the coolest videos of, of them hugging right after the win um, out in out in Glendale and, and saying, you different, you know, the, the league hasn't seen anything like you. I haven't seen anything like you. Like, this is, when we talk about Pat Mahomes Sr., this is a professional athlete in his own right. Right. You know, he doesn't obviously have the same success as his son has reached, but he knows what it takes to compete at that level and obviously to win at this level. And, and what we've seen from from – the whole Mahomes family is it, it, before the age of thirty. I can't say anybody's seen that before. It is it is unprecedented. Now, Aaron, I got to ask you. You've obviously that wasn't your first time talking to Pat Mahomes Senior. When did you realize the uh, the wealth of an interview that Pat Mahomes Senior can be? Because I know when you came up to him after the AFC Conference uh, Championship game, you probably had a clue that it was going to likely go viral. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, the good part about being on the ground here is that you do start to form relationships. You know what that's like. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? When you're around the team, as much as you are asking questions, you know, they, they, they start to recognize you and recognize the face. So this was even my first time talking to Pat Mahomes Sr. You could tell that after the AFC title game, maybe he had a few more libations. It was comfortable. He, had, <laughs> maybe he was loose. He he was motivated by some of the chatter leading up to that week. Because if you remember, it was a lot of Burrowhead talk. And mm. since he was coming off three straight against Kansas City, um, you know, Eli Apple had, had spent a lot of time uh, on Twitter and saying things and that. So I, uh, Pat Mahomes Sr. was not the only chief that had some things to say after that win. And that translated to what happened after the Super Bowl, too, with, with Juju getting a, getting a, a Valentine's Day message. Come on. Yeah, Aaron, I got to ask you how you feel about the Juju thing. I got another question for you, but, you know, you just hinted at Juju. Would you believe it if, if Theo Dorsey got on our airwaves yesterday and just bashed Juju, said that he needs to mature, this guy needs to grow up, and he was dogging Juju? You feel the same way? Or did you like the tweet? I have to respectfully disagree with, with the overall take. Now, well, here's what I'll say. The, the tweet in itself, uh, and I said this on my platform as well, I have a Chiefs podcast that comes out every week. I, I, I just Shout said, out. What's hey, the name? Big, Give us the name of the Chiefs uh, podcast. Uh, Chiefs Coast to Coast, we're on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We just put out episode 45. Go check that. But just to give you a glimpse of that, I, I just said to the victor goes to spoils. You know, like the, the Chiefs had, whether they felt like they were in a rebuilding year or not, or, or the national media didn't give them enough respect, whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, what they did was extremely impressive. And, and one of the toughest uh, current modern era of, uh, of NFL, whatever you want to call it, they traded away one of the biggest superstars in the league. Tyreek had a career year down in Miami. And still, with the reinvention or reshaping or remolding, whatever you want to call it that's not rebuilding, Kansas City still found a way to, to win it all. And, and, and that was against a, a hell of a Philly team, too. Like, that's that's... That's, that was a hell of a game. That was one of the best Super Bowls I think we, we, we've seen. Definitely. Yeah, one of the biggest you know pushbacks I had on the outcry of Juju's tweet was, why are we holding any punches? Just imagine if the Philadelphia Eagles did beat this Chiefs team. Like, Juju would have caught in 100 ricochets, 100 strays, and they would have bashed him in, in all their platforms. We know how bad Philly fans are. We're yeah. mad at this cat for giving him a taste of their own medicine. No shot here. No shot here. So love all that. Love all that, Aaron. I, and one thing I will push back on, Aaron, and maybe you can give me some here, is like I feel like James Bradbury took accountability for it. He didn't act like a sore loser in the locker room. That was why I didn't like Juju plastering his face on it. Now, if he had teased the Philly fans and said something about them not being able to climb street lights or, you know, whatever, then I'm cool <laughs> with it. But he went after the dude, James Bradbury, 
who, yes, committed the penalty, but then also owned up to it. It felt kind of low. We're acting like it was malicious intent, though. It it was kind of harmless. It was a Valentine's Day low meme the day before the parade. There there have been much, much worse things said, and I, 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 I... We'll let it ride. Twitter. We'll yeah, let it ride. I don't. I don't put. I, I don't put a lot on Twitter. You, if you follow me on Twitter, you, you, you know that people, people, uh, people put a little put too much stock in that, in my opinion. Aaron Ladd from Channel Forty One News in Kansas City, uh, Chiefs guy. Well, I won't say Chiefs guy. You cover the Chiefs out there in Missouri and Kansas. Can you first clear something up on the airwaves here? People like to knock me. I was born in Overland Park. All right, I'm a Kansas native and I'm a Chiefs mm. fan. Can can you let them know it's my birthright as a person who was born in Overland Park, lived in Kansas City, Kansas. My parents worked in Kansas City, Missouri. It's all the same thing, baby. Like, that's my hometown team. Ooh. You know, I, I don't think I'm at liberty to speak <laughs> on that. See, I, I, had to, I had to, when I first got into town, I had to get my card checked because that Missouri-Kansas state line uh. drama, they're legit about that. Yeah. You know, KCK has its own affiliations and, and people who rock with that side and the Missouri side is, it has got its own thing. It's down to the barbecue. It's down to the music. It's down to everything. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm from Atlanta originally. <laughs> Atlanta originally. <laughs> That's like somebody from Dunwoody talking about, yo, I'm from, I'm from the A. I'm from the A, yeah. man. Look. Y'all know how Amaretta feels about that, though. Yeah. Yeah, we won't look. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. Aaron, I, I want to ask you now. Let's let's take it serious because today I, I saw a striking tweet from Ian Rappaport. And you know where I'm about to go with this one. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, past five years, interviewed for 16 different jobs, 15 different franchises. We know the whole backstory. How can this not at this point give me the argument against this being a thing about race with Eric Bieniemy? Because I can't find any other excuse other than the fact that some of these NFL franchises don't feel comfortable hiring him because the goalposts keep getting moved. What, what is it with Eric Bieniemy, and why would he be taking this commander's job? Yeah, we're watching the goalposts be a move right now. He went from not being able to interview well, but, oh, it's the OC job, so he interviews just fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring him right <laughs> on in. And it's, all, it's, not for, it's not for a Chiefs-style offense either. Like, let's be honest with this with, – what this commander's job really is. This is a fix-it job. This is a prove-it deal. If you want to compare it to what athletes have to take at certain times, uh, man, this is is disheartening, to be honest with you, because Eric Bieniemy has had to kind of be the poster boy for this problem, this problem that Brian Flores kind of was in the news cycle for this time around last year, and he used Eric Bieniemy's name in that lawsuit mm. as a prime example of uh, you know other assistants getting jobs and getting second jobs before Eric Bieniemy gets a, even an interview. I don't know. I, I, I do think that uh, Andy Reid has tried his his darndest, and that's not just an Andy Reid thing; it's a Chiefs organization thing. Um, Clark Hunt and, and some of the guys, the owners, going to bat for for Eric Bieniemy, maybe. And, and some people here in KC will say, oh, that's beneficial for them so that they can continue to turn over and whatever, but it still it still matters. When Andy Reid gets on the Super Bowl podium after the win and says Eric Bieniemy was the guy who was pulling the strings down the stretch uh, that helped us win this win this game, he means that. And, and we need to give that more credit than we do some fake news articles that get flubbed about him not being the, the main play caller. I, it just – the narrative at this point has overtaken – the facts, 
We yeah. don't even know what the facts are. And maybe when he gets to, to Washington and cooks up something nice, then we can just, it's, it's undeniable. You know, you know what I'm saying? Aaron, we're in the industry of trying to get people answers. So, one, have you had conversations with Eric Bannamy? Do you know what his personality like? Do you think that's part of the problem here? That when he goes in these interviews, like, they don't deem him as a leader of men? Does he not have the quirky personality like a guy like Mike McDaniel does? Like, can he fit the mold of what we're looking for in today's day and age? Man, come on. I mean, are we still debating his resume at this point in time? Are we still asking? Why are we still having this conversation of can he lead men? The, the fact that we're even there is right. Is, is frustrating his very own. Yes, I've been around Eric Bieniemy, and um, I do believe he has a, a, a very, I mean, the NFL is very militaristic in nature just because of the organization and the shield and all that. And I believe he fits very well into that role as somebody who has been a player not only in the league, but who had come up and risen up through the coaching ranks, has now won multiple Super Bowls. He understands how to win. I mean, that's what this all comes down to, right? Do you need to have a quirky personality and be able to win the press conference? I don't know if that necessarily matters, uh, especially without giving, giving an opportunity. And we've seen coaches with far less resume given an opportunity and fail before this guy even gets a shot. So that's why we go back to race, right? It's got to be something. Somebody's got to give me an answer, and I think yours sums it up the best. Either it's race or it's like, I mean, what, 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 what does he have something on these guys that they don't want him to get out? I, I can't <laughs> get to the bottom of it, but it is frustrating. And as a Chiefs fan, I love him coming back to Kansas City year after year, but I would also love to him, for him to get a, uh, a head coaching job somewhere in the NFL. Aaron, I got to ask you before we do uh, let you go here, the Chiefs offseason now it looks brighter than ever. All of the draft picks, you got guys that you can bring back and like Juju and whatnot, some of those one-year guys. But also, I feel like there's going to be a lot of continuity with this team. And then all of the rookies that panned out during this playoff stretch, especially on the defensive side of the ball. What is the one area of emphasis that the Chiefs are going to attack here with the picks or maybe in free agency to sure up a team that's already the odds-on favorite to repeat as Super Bowl champions? Yeah, I think the one big question mark around the Chiefs entering this upcoming offseason is the same as it was last offseason, and that's the future of tackle Orlando Brown. What, what, is, what are you going to do with Patrick Mahomes' blind side? He wanted a new deal and an extension last year. We saw the dollar figures that he was asking for, and we saw a reported, uh, a reported offer from Kansas City, and those were two different places. So he ended up tagged, showed up late to camp. They ended up getting on the same page. And if I were to tell you that Orlando Brown bet on himself that last offseason, it, it paid off. Mm. They won. They won the Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, going up against one of the most ferocious D-lines of all time, uh, they allowed zero sacks as they showed on their parade shirts uh, just the other day down Grand here in Kansas City. So what, what do you do with Orlando Brown? Do you, do you transition tag and give him the 20% bump, which puts him about 20 mil per year? Um, do you just go ahead and give him the, give him the, the, the contract that he wants? I don't know. Kansas City... This is where it gets fun. Orlando Brown, Chris Jones is going to be another guy that wants to get paid. That, mm. that defensive line showed up when it mattered. Juju almost had a 1,000-yard season in his one year here. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. But if I had one thing, it, was, it would be OBJ. Before you go, you're a Southern guy, Kansas City barbecue. What's your thoughts? You've been there a couple of years now. Oh, man. If, if I have a favorite right now, it's Joe's, Oklahoma Joe's, now mm. Kansas City Joe's. But it, it, it's it, it's the true tr the true mark of a good barbecue town is that you have multiple good options. There I you like go. Thirty nine. I like Gates. Um, I like um, Slaps up in 
up in um, up in KC. So yeah, it, it, we've got a few good ones, and I put KC barbecue up there with Houston barbecue. There we go. That's what I need to know. I've had both, and you're right. It's it's on par. Aaron Ladd, thanks so much for your time, dog. Congrats. Continue this, the championship celebrations and whatever y'all move on to next after the Chiefs. And uh, we're looking forward to more Patrick Mahomes senior content, bro. Oh, it's the draft. You know the NFL draft in KC. Oh, it's in KC. That's You know what? I'm about to see what I can do about that. I'm about to see pull what up. I can do. And if I do, we'll, up, we'll get some barbecue. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Aaron Ladd, thanks for your time again, brother. Uh, Channel 41 News out of Kansas City. That was Aaron Ladd. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron Ladd Zero. Check out his podcast at Arrow Pride um, or Arrowhead Pride. Excuse me. He has a podcast with Arrowhead Pride as well. Great work out of Kansas City.